Hi guys, this is time. I just recorded this like <laughs> eight times because I kept saying tests instead of ten. Like it's like yud, but ten, and then like the words kind of getting confused. Anyways, this is yud adar, the tenth of adar, um, erev Shabbos, chapter thirty-two, Paraklam and Bays, part two. Um, so we're in the middle of this fascinating chapter, the heart of Tanya. Um, all about loving another Jew for the simple reason that I am soul and you are soul. You know, there's really not much else to it. <laughs> um, but Dr. Rick continues going into details today about what happened if I am soul and you are soul, then what about when I see parts of you that don't look like soul? What What happens then? Because that does happen. You know what I mean? Like what I love about Tanya so much is the the realism of it you know what I mean that it's not it's not like oh love everybody because they're souls and never think anything else about anybody else like that's not going to be possible there are there will be moments you know where I see another person and I'm like you do not look like soul right now you just don't you are either doing an avera right and literally an avera is an expression of this is not the manifestation of my neshama or you're doing something in the realm of Avera, you know what I mean? Something in the realm of disconnection from your most aligned self. And one of the first things that came to my mind when I was learning this is really like mental illness. You know what I mean? Like when you see somebody really, really, really deeply struggling with something and it's hard to see that person as soul. You're just like, I, I want to help you. I want I want you to step into your 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 fullest self. You know what I mean? And it's, and it's very, it can be very painful. So um, Dr. Bay basically discusses today that aspect of, so until now we're saying, okay, I'm a soul, you're a soul, great, we have this surging connectivity between us, I'm tapping into that state, you know, now I'm one with you, and I can actually engage in this relationship in a way where I'm not even, ex- I don't have huge expectations from you because I am whole, you are whole, we're all, you know, we're all living from this place of existential enoughness essentially because we're identifying with our souls but then today the altar continues and says well what about when i see darkness in somebody else and the example that the altar was going to use the whole time is the example of tarot mitzvahs that if i see somebody you know not keeping tarot mitzvahs um and and yeah so let's let's jump in okay so, but again, I just, I, I bless you to kind of take that example. And honestly, it, it really does, the is using that example for a reason. Tarmitzvah is a really big deal in how a person could not look like they're expressing soul. And if you think about even Chabad, you know what I mean? Like how much that's been up, let, like we, this is how our psyches have been raised. You know what I mean? That somebody that isn't keeping Tarmitzvah, we're going to, we're going to see how literally this Parakaptanya is like kind of ingrained in in our subconscious about people that are on that side of the spectrum. Oh, they never keep tarot mitzvahs. And we're going to see that here, but just, I bless you to kind of wrap your mind around this concept in a way that is relatable for you. What does that mean in your life? Who is that person in your life? That is somebody that you're looking at and you're saying, I don't see soul in that person. I don't see, I don't believe that that person is doing the best that they can. I, I'm upset. I wish they were doing better. I wish they were doing different. I wish they were more aligned with themselves. I I hate what they're doing. I hate it. They're, they're making me crazy, either because they're bothering me or because 
they're making me crazy. I'm so angry at them because because of them. So sometimes it's even because of love. Because I love them so much, I'm so angry at them. You know what I mean? Um, so just notice for yourself. And, and it might be, Tara Mitzvah, it might be that you have somebody in your life that you're like, why can't you just see the light of Tara? And it might be, why can't you see the light of Hashem? Or why can't you see the light of your essential worth? You know, but it's this feeling of, wh- why can't you, what like, you're living in Ra. You know what I mean? You're not living in your soul. So today, let's go inside. Lumash HaKasuv Begimara. And what it says in the Gemara, that Shemi Sharaya B'chaverai Shachata Mitzvah. Listen, I say that in the Gemara, there is a statement that says that if you see your friend sinning, you have a mitzvah to hate him. And you should even tell your teacher that your teacher should hate him. So there is literally this commandment in the Gemara, this statement, I wouldn't call it a commandment because it's not a mitzvah, but it is a statement in the Gemara, and we take Gemara seriously, that essentially says, I, if I see you sitting, if I see you in a state of disconnection, if I see you in a state of darkness, if I see you not reflecting your soul, not only am I allowed to hate you, but I'm actually even meant to hate you. And the question is, Alter is just question is very obvious here. Like, we just said that we're meant to be seeing everybody as souls. So when would this opportunity ever come up? When would I ever be seeing you as darkness to the extent that I'm meant to even hate you if I'm only seeing you as soul? So Hainu, the author is going to tell us, explain, the chavere. The, the Gemara uses the word chavere. What does chavere mean? Betaira umitzvahis. That a chavere betaira mitzvahis means somebody who is of equal observance in your taira mitzvahis. So you're now upset at this guy that he's not keeping taira mitzvahis. The first question you have to ask is, Am I on actual equal footing with this guy in my mind, in my heart, in my soul, in my past experiences, in the way that my amygdala and my prefrontal cortex engage with each other? Like, are we chaverim in this way? Are we peers? Are we, you know, or does this guy come from a very different background than me? You know what I mean? Does this guy that I'm judging for not being aligned with himself in the way that I'm aligned with myself, is he actually on a whole other playing field than me in in many different ways? And I, this is, I think, a lot of where the concept of like Tinaik Shanishba, or I'm not sure how to say that word. I'm not sure if that word is said like that word, Tinaik Shanishbar. I'm not sure. But like, I think that's where this concept comes from, of the concept of that like, that people essentially, often, usually, all the time, are doing the best they can. And if and and it's a big concept to wrap our heads around because a lot if we don't if I don't believe that I'm doing the best that I can, it's not going to be very easy for me to believe that you're doing the best that you can. So if I'm walking around with a constant self judgment that says I should be doing more and if only I was this then I would be this and why aren't I doing better and I, I'm going to bed at night saying I wish that I accomplished more today and I'm just such a failure because I didn't accomplish more today and I could have if I tried harder that perspective is going to naturally seep in to the way I see other people. So what the author was saying here is that assuming that you don't have that perspective, which means we, until now, we've talked about letting go of that perspective, of letting go of that perspective and stepping into the state of I am soul, I am divine manifestation being breathed into being right now. If those voices comes up, if those voices come up in me, then they are parts of me. They are Yetihara voices, animal soul consciousness voices, here to teach me something about my soul, here to teach me something, to bring me higher. And now from that space, 
when I'm seeing you, instead of being like, oh, you should have done better. And why aren't you doing the way, why are you acting the way you're acting? And come on, just stop doing what you're doing. Instead, the first question that the asks here is, are they your chavere? Do they have the exact same life circumstances as you? <laughs> like literally, are they, and, and another, that's one way of understanding chavere, but another way of understanding chavere, and so just start to wrap, to finish wrapping that thought is, if now I'm at a point where I'm saying, based on my life circumstances, I'm doing the best I can, which is the state of soul, that, that is what soul says. Now when I see you, my first question is, my first my first re-knowing after I see that, oh no, I'm nervous about what you're doing, I now can come into this place of, are you my chavera? Meaning, noticing my voice of soul that says, based on your life circumstances, chances are you are doing the best you can. And by life circumstances, I don't only mean the things around you, I also mean the things inside of you, your inner demons, your inner self-talk, your, and I don't mean to like overuse this, but like your past traumas, like literally what has led you to this point that you are acting in the way you're acting. So, um, okay, and then this, one other thing that you can understand from Javere is in a very simple way, like, are you, and Dalton was going to say this later, but like, are you intimate with this person? An intimate meaning, are you sharing a deep connection? Do you actually know where they're coming from? Have you looked into their eyes? It's actually the same thing. It's very interesting, to, you know, because it's, it's really the same concept that it's going to be hard to really feel that about somebody unless A, I'm feeling it about myself and B, I'm actually taking the time to, to look at them and to notice them and to ask them <laughs> about their story, you know? And another thing that you need to kind of check off the list before you actually feel a feeling of this hatred towards somebody else, before you feeling of, before you start feeling this feeling of like, I'm upset by what you're doing, by the way you're acting, is you also have to fulfill the mitzvah of rebuking your friend. And which friend is this that you would rebuke? Is somebody that's on the same plane as you of Tarmitzvah? And yet still has not returned from those ways of disconnection. So from those ways of virus or disconnection or whatever you want to call it. So we're talking about this person that they are on equal footing as you. And you have, so A, they're on equal footing as you. Meaning, which by the way, when does that ever happen? I don't even know. Like, <laughs> we never know where people are coming from. But maybe that's what Altareb is saying, honestly. And about this person, you've already tried to help them. You've already tried to teach them the right way. You've already tried to, to bring them into the light. And they, do, they don't care. And about that person, you're allowed, Altareb says, to hate him. But we're going to see later what that hate actually looks like. So just put that on hold for a second. Because now Altareb is going to say, well, what about if a person isn't like that? What about if it's not somebody that you're intimate with it's not somebody that you are seeing as it's it's intimate with and also somebody who you're sharing a mutual understanding of where you're coming from <laughs> you know what i mean um and and also you've you've really tried to help him already aval 
it just one of the thoughts that come to my mind, and it, this is going to come up later, but just as a quick way of understanding this, it's almost, and I don't, I don't know if this is exactly like this, but just the thing coming up for me is, it's like seeing a child do something, and seeing it, and like standing above them, and kind of like seeing if you see a kid like buy a buy a shelf and like dumping out all the crayons, right? And you're standing up, and you're way above them. This is like a two year old kid. You're not on their playing field. You you might get frustrated because it looks annoying, but you have no idea really what's going on. And then you kind of bend down, and you're like, "Hi." <laughs> Let me actually experience this from your vantage point. And you realize that it's a completely another perspective from down there. You know what I mean? It's like all that there is to do here. There's not, first of all, there's not even any paper. B, these crayons look very fun to dump out. C, I actually wanted you big, tall person, adult's attention. It's like things change when you get onto the same vantage point as the person that's frustrating you. Um, okay, so the, number two, uh, now just moving in the, the next concept so that's about somebody in that category. But what about What about somebody who is not your friend and is not close to you? You don't have an intimate connection with them. You've never looked into their eyes and actually understood where they're coming from. And about him, about this person, says, You should be like the disciples of Aaron. I have shalom v'chulu. I have a sabrius umekarvan latera that you should bring, you should love peace and pursue peace and bring all creatures. I have a sabrius. You should love all creatures umekarvan latera and bring them close to the Tara. Which, just side note, interesting to notice that you don't bring the Tara to them in the sense of Tara remains whole. So even this person that kind of isn't finding the light, to that person you don't you never need to say, oh yeah. Tyra is not great anyways. That's not the point. But with saying Tyra is great, you can also say, I see you for who you are. With saying, Without saying there's any lack in Tyra, I'm able to say there's also not any lack in you. Those two things can exist at the exact same time. I can I can bring I can bring you love. I can literally just read the next paragraph. What is this? We, we're literally using the word briyas, and it's referring to these people that are completely distant and far from the Torah of Hashem and the service of serving God. And that's why they're literally called briyas be'alma, creations of the world. Literally, and Briyas Ba'alma, I think it actually also means creatures of concealment. You know what I mean? It's like these people that are kind of only living in the shell of who they are. What does the Altar of say? The prescription for these people, the prescription for pretty much anybody <laughs> that you ever see, because how many people are we actually seeing intimately in this way? But what is the prescription? Tzarech lemashchan bechavle avaisais ahava. That we have to bring that attract them and draw them with strong cords of love so it's pretty intense visual but i'm just literally imagining like my hands kind of like baya's hand extended i'm imagining like literally my hands being these like 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 uh lightsabers (laughs) but like like flowy lightsabers of love and it's like that's my job in this world to see myself as so full of that love. And because the altar is assuming that we already have that. The altar is assuming that from the first 31 chapters of Tanya, we are already filled with the sense of I am soul and I am 
really so like the love inside of me is shining brightly you know and now the altar is saying that my job in this world is literally to take that love and shine it on other people that's because now i'm seeing if i have this love inside of me now i'm seeing you with i'm seeing you overflowing with the soul the natural result is i'm literally just gonna like reach out to you i'm like i'm like oh i want to bring i want to feel i want to be in this love with you i want to i want to shine this love on you um so yeah it's a it's a distinction between what oh, we're gonna see this later but essentially we're, we're making here is a distinction between what people are doing and who people are because again the altar is not saying that i don't even see that you're a bria asylum you know what I mean? Aaron saw that. Aaron said, I have this habriyas in Mekar on the Torah. And if Aaron was saying that, Aaron saw that this person was acting like Briyas Ha'elam. He saw that this person was in a state of disconnection. And yet, Aaron saw also, he said, I see that you're acting as disconnection, but I know who you are. I see that your actions and that the way that you're manifesting is pain <laughs> honestly oftentimes it really is underlying pain or you can just pain is synonymous with animal soul consciousness it's it's the feeling of separateness but i i know i know that you are soul i know that inside of you there is literally god flowing inside of you including in all the places that don't look like that that look like the darkness and so i will i will shine this love on you not because you did anything to deserve it, but simply because you are. But, and that is not in contrast to the Torah being whole. That is not in contrast to saying Torah is real. But that's Ayev Shalem Hulu, Ayev Habriyas Umakarvan La Torah. And I'm going to bring you to Torah. Not because Torah isn't whole and not because you aren't whole, because they're, you're both so whole, I can draw you in. Um, that was much cooler in my mind than the way it came out but it's okay um it's it's really intensely powerful it's really intensely powerful the ability to look at somebody and say i see i don't not see the way you're acting i do see the way you're acting i do see that things about your life look like darkness right now and and i'm i'm noticing it i i actually do see it and yet even while i'm seeing it I don't see you as anything other than whole. I don't see you as anything less than somebody deserving of chavle avaisais ahava, the strong cords of love. You know, and then this part, the next part of time is so powerful. It goes right in, v'chulai hai, v'ulai. And then maybe, yuchal lekarv on the tire of Hashem. Maybe that those strong cords of love will actually bring that person towards Torah and towards Avedis Hashem. And that will be awesome. Malta is like, I'm not denying that I want this person to, to heal. <laughs> I don't, I'm not denying that I want this person to start doing Torah mitzvahs. I'm not n- denying that I want this person that's living in darkness to enter into a state of light. But that's the ulai. That's the part two. That's the maybe through doing love, this will come to that. But it's not... I do the love so that it comes to that. And how do I know that? Because the next paragraph is vehain la. And even if not, even if this person, even if the love I'm giving to this person doesn't bring him to the state that I wish that he would get to. Lo hifsid schar mitzvahs avas reyim. He still has not forfeited the mitzvah of loving another person. So no matter what the outcome of your love is, you are still doing your job. Your job isn't to 
micromanage the outcome of your love. Your job is to love. So that's about somebody that is not on your playing field at all. Now the author is going to go back. So essentially, if you're not on the same, if you're not looking into somebody's eyes, it's just about love. It's really just about love. And it's not about love in the way of denying your own values. You could go over to that person and share Tara and share light. That's fine. But it's coming from the space of I have shalom. And it's coming from the space of I have a sabriyas. Ooh, mekarva on the Tara. I love you. And because I love you, I also want to share Tara with you because I believe in Tara. <laughs> but it's a state of of abundance of love because I see I see you as soul. I literally I see you as soul. And I see also what you're doing, but I, I see you as soul and I'm not in a position to be a person that is micromanaging the outcome of your life because I'm not on your playing field. But going onwards, Kaltari goes back to that original person, the Gamha Mikarva may love. And what about the people that are close to you? What about the people that are on your playing field? The people who you are looking into their eyes. These are these are the people that you're that you're engaging with on a daily basis that you're making efforts to be intimate with. You're making efforts to actually have relationship with. And in in those people, you keep seeing darkness. You keep seeing misalignment. And it and it hurts you. And I, it's interesting how the altar is coming from that angle of like it hurts. Like the hate is a result of the hurt that you're not seeing them in alignment. Why would you hate somebody that's doing an Avera? What's there to hate? It's that I see you and I and I wish you were, I, I see you and I know you have soul and it hurts me that you're not living in your light. You know, it was exactly what the author was going to say. So, so that person that is close to you and you did the mitzvah of rebuking them, but they still have not done teshuva. So you have tried to help them, but they still just are not willing, <clears throat> they're not willing to receive help. Or they haven't started doing mitzvahs again, whatever you're going to call it. I, I keep going to the mental health <laughs> aspect, but it's really, in my opinion, the same thing. Or, you know, two sides of, of one coin. Mitzvah la'ahavam gam kain. It is a mitzvah to love them also. And it's like point blank. It's like textbook. Like the author was like, it is a mitzvah to love them too. <laughs> Like that person that's making you crazy, that person that you're feeling angry towards, that person that you're feeling sad towards, that person that's taking up dark emotional space inside of you because you're looking at them and you're like, please, you're living in darkness and it's driving me crazy. It's a mitzvah to love that person too, but it's also a mitzvah to hate them. So how does this, how do that, how does that go together? Ushtehen hein emes. Both are true. The feeling of hate and the feeling of love can both exist inside of my heart at the same time. As long as the feeling of hate is coming from my Gavura of Kedusha, like we talked about before. So what would it look like for my Gavura of Kedusha, my Gavura of Kedusha to hate this person? Sinna, Sinna, that the hate, Mitzad Hara Shebahem, that the Sinna, the hate is coming from the aspect of Ra inside of them. And the love is coming from the state of from the place that I know that there is love hidden inside of them. What is this? What is this good that's hidden inside of them? This is the literal spark of God that's inside of them that is animating their divine soul and essentially their existence. And it's the the shift here that Alter is saying is that 
when you're looking at this person and you are meant to feel, you know, if I don't feel your pain, I don't have empathy. And empathy literally makes the world go round. So the author is not saying that I can't, I can't feel the fact that you're in darkness. I am meant to. But what, what is that feeling coming from? It's mitzad harasha behem, meaning I don't, I see, I see the darkness you're expressing. But I see it as the things that you're doing. I don't see the darkness you're expressing as the fullness of who you are, which is literally what we already learned how to see ourselves in that way, that when a feeling of sadness comes up, why do I have the ability to look at my feeling of sadness or look at my feeling of worry or not good enoughness or separateness from God and to look at that voice and say, I see you, but I don't want to live with you right now. Why do I have the right to do that? And the the answer is, is because I am not that voice. That voice is a voice inside of me, but it is not the fullness of who I am. And now the altar is saying, take that exact truth that you just learned about yourself and place it onto that other person. That person, yes, that person's experiencing darkness. Yes, that person's experiencing pain. Yes, that person is experiencing a life of disconnection from Torah Mitzvahs. But guess what? You can look at them and say, I know that just as I am not the things that I do, just as I am not the fullness of my internal experience, you too are not the fullness of your internal experience. The things that you do and the person you are are not always synonymous. And it just reminds me of like what we do to children all the time. I one time like almost made a kid's book like this. <laughs> it was just like basically like going through a children's life, a child's life. And like they spill the milk and, you know, the mother says, why'd you do that? And then like you see like the kid having this like thought bubble that says, uh, because I'm stupid, you know? And then like they, they walk into the street without um checking if there's cars coming because they just did they didn't mean to they just did and the, and the you know the dad says or the brother says oh my gosh what you shouldn't have done that why did you do that and it's like this the internal experience of this kid is like they're now making all of these identities like the mother just asked me why i did that there must be a reason why i did that why would i have done that i don't know i mean i was kind of just careless about it but the kid can't rationalize that so the kid says i guess i'm stupid i guess i'm klutzy i guess i'm worthless you know and we basically make all these identities from a very young age on ourselves based on based on what we're experiencing in the world around us but the author is saying here even as adults we have to be in this mindset when we're looking at other people of towards towards children and towards adults that when i see you i do not equate your essential self-worth and your essential self with the things that, with the way that you're manifesting. I, I don't. I see you as soul. I don't see, I don't even see that you have soul. I see that you are soul. And I also see that you're manifesting in a way of Ra. I also see that you're expressing yourself in a way that isn't aligned with yourself. And, you know, and that's sad. And that, that hurts. But essentially it's never, it's never a mitzvah to make somebody feel bad about themselves. Because essentially the way, the, the thing that they're doing that you would be making them feel bad about is never their full selves. It's always the raw inside of them that's coming out, but they always have, everybody has, just as we always have, a space inside of us that is self beyond, beyond parts, self beyond the way that I'm only, the way that I'm manifesting. And just side note, if you're hearing this and you're like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to implement that, I would just take a moment to notice that we're on the 32nd chapter of Tanya, meaning 
and the first 31 chapters of Tanya have only been about myself. And I think that the message there, and I think I've probably said this a few times, but I think that the message there is that it's going to be very hard to feel this about somebody else unless I'm feeling it about myself. It's going to be very hard to see somebody else and say, you are not the things that you do. And even when you manifest as something that isn't your truest, highest aligned identity, you still have essential worth. (laughs) If I'm going to bed at night having thoughts that say the opposite about myself. But it doesn't mean that I can't do this unless I do it worth myself first. You know what I mean? Tanya's a cycle. And, you know, fake it till you make it, reel it till you feel it, whatever you want. Like we could practice doing this work with other people. I think it kind of goes hand in hand. The more that we practice with other people, the more we feel it about ourselves. And the more we feel it, the more we practice with ourselves, the more we feel it about other people. So I don't know if there's like a correct way to start, but just notice if the way that you feel about yourself and the way you feel about other people, you know, is kind of in line with each other. Um, so because, yeah, yeah, okay. The gam okay, so then next question, and this is the last paragraph of Tanya, um, of Paranglama Bays. So essentially now the next, the last question of, of today is, Valter was telling me that I should feel upset and I should feel this hate, quote unquote, about, you know, the way that this person's manifesting, about the raw that's inside of them. But I should also feel this abounding love for the sake of, for, for the deep knowing that this person is literally a soul. You know what I mean? What do I actually, what am I actually meant to feel? <laughs> like that sounds, that's a heavy task to do. You know what I mean? In the moment where I'm, when I'm with this person, what am I actually meant to feel? So the, <clears throat> this answers this question. The gam rachamin He should also arouse rachamin, which is mercy in his heart on this person what is this mercy coming from because in this person it is very obvious that the ra is taking is, is holding the divine soul in captivity just as we talked about with ourselves in the other chapter that my rahmanis on myself comes from the fact that what, what makes me say i need to leave egypt right now what makes me say I do not want to spend one more moment held captive by these voices of disconnection from Hashem? What makes me say that? It's my mercy that I have on my, on my divine soul. When I notice that I have a divine soul that's literally trapped inside of me, trying to speak. When I take a moment to actually notice that, I have mercy for her. And I'm like, I want to reveal you. I want you to be able to shine your light. And that leads me to, you know, to, to leave Egypt, <laughs> essentially. Um, and so the author was saying that you can actually have that exact same mercy on this person that is clearly being guided by their animal soul instead of by their godly soul. Ve'harachmanus, and what's gonna ha- what is this mercy gonna cause? Mivateles hasina umisayreres ha'ava. It's going to banish and you know nullify the sinna and arouse the love. So kanaida mimashakasa, like it says. Um, that Yaakov redeemed Avram, Yaakov is Tiferes, Avram is Chesed, Yaakov is mercy, Avram is kindness, and mercy reveals kindness. And when I can step into that empathy state, when I can step into that state of, you, I, I feel for you. I, you have such a light inside of you and it's not being redeemed. It's not being expressed. And it kind of shifts the paradigm of not, you aren't acting the way you should act, to, 
you aren't acting the way you could act, kind of. You know what I mean? You have a divine soul. Wow, actually, that was, that was cool. That was like Hashem talking through me, I think. But literally, you are not, it's not that you're not acting the way you should act. It's that you're not acting the way you could act. And why could you act in, in this other way? Because you have a divine soul inside of you. You have a godly soul singing inside of your heart right now. And it's not, it's not shining forth from you. And that, that's sad. But when I tap into that experience, I don't now hate the raw. I don't, I'm not angry anymore. I'm now looking at this person or this child or this, you know, and I'm saying, I, I see you and I, and I feel for you and I'm with you and I have such a love for you. And the love is the result of seeing the fullness of who you are. It's not the result of only seeing half of you because I'm actually seeing the fullness of who you are, it leads to an even deeper state of love. Um, just pre-warning, I don't really understand this last paragraph, but it's going to flow with it anyways. It's in parentheses. And that's why David HaMelech said, He said, I, I, I do hate them with a very full hatred. Who was he saying this about? The altar says, Ella al-haminim apikarsim. This refers to the heretics and atheists who have no portion in the God of Israel. So I don't know fully what that means, but my gut says that there's a t- that Alter is telling us that there's a time and place for the experience of passionate hatred towards another person. You know, there's time and place for that feeling of that feeling that kind of spurts forth in a heart that says, I know who you could be and you are not living up to that. And I'm going to turn over the world to help you get there. You know what I mean? Like, I think that part of what leads, you know, even let's say shluchim to do what they do is, is love. And it's also this feeling of like, I cannot spend one more day, you know what I mean? Living in a world where there are yidin that are not aligned with their neshamas. And that's a very passionate state to be in. And I, and I think that a lot of it does come from love. And a lot of it may also come from the state of, of hate, of the Ra, you know? And I, I guess that's why this paragraph is about, the Altar explains clearly, it's about these minim apikarsim, which essentially are people that are living completely with Ra. They are so overwhelmed with Ra. They're such in a state of they don't even see their divine soul at all. It's not even like they have any access to it. And about that person, the altar of is saying is, it's also that I have, you know, that love because of the Rahmanas of the divine soul, but it's like, it's so deep and it's so dark that it's like the, the passion to help them redeem their soul is just very, very, very intense. So, but just to make a c- contrast um, and the, the, the risk of sounding repetitive, that the sinna is always about the ra shabai. The sinna is always about the way that you're manifesting. It's about the things that you do, not about the who you are. And same with ourselves. The sinna is never about the what you do. It's always about the who you. It's never about the who you are. It's always about the what you do. Even when we were talking about before about in parak chavtes about seeing ourselves as that animal soul da da da. That was always you know what I mean that like kind of um um what was it called um leiv nishbar you know in ruach nishbara. It was all through the intensity of, of the way that I'm experiencing myself, noticing how I'm experiencing myself and then kind of breaking down from that point, but never 
who I actually am. You know what I mean? It was the, that was in direct contrast to the, who I actually am. And, and that's how I'm going to be seeing other people too. So just a quick overcap of Paraglama Bays. I was just thinking like, I mean, it's a lot and it's amazing. And um, I was just thinking of some like noticings that I was thinking of like go, kind of going forwards from Paraglama Bays. And it's interesting that there's only one chapter. I, I don't know. I feel like... <laughs> I guess that's why it's the heart of Tanya. It's like you keep coming back to this. Like this is where the blood flows from. You know what I mean? But just to notice like when I look around at other people, you know, even just today, just just to notice like what am I seeing? What do I what do I see when I see another person? Even when I'm checking out at the store, you know what I mean? What am I seeing when I'm seeing another human being? Or to make it even you know, more personal when I'm seeing somebody that's, that's kind of frustrating me or making me sad or whatever it is, what am I, what am I looking at? And, you know, another question is like, what, like this was more from yesterday, Tanya, but what expectations am I having on my relationships? And you go back to before, it's like, is, what am I, what, what, what am I seeing when I'm seeing another person? Am I seeing soul? Or am I seeing body? Am I seeing soul? Or am I seeing all of the things that this person is manifesting as? Which there's also room to see those things, but not if seeing those things is taking away from me being able to say, but I know you're essentially soul. Once I say I know your soul, now I, I can see your whole personality. And, you know, um, and then also about the expectations things. Like if I'm having intense expectations about somebody that I'm in a relationship with just kind of noticing a who I think I am do I feel that they need to feel that am I waiting for them to feel a certain need in me because I am missing in some way because there is something in me that's missing and b am I waiting for them to feel a certain thing in some way because I can't see that they are essentially good enough unless they act a certain way am I not seeing myself as soul and am I not seeing them as soul you know, so it's just like noticing. I think I don't think like we learn Tanya every year. Like this, it's like kind of like a heavy pill to swallow because it's a lot to do. <laughs> like it's a this is a really big paradigm shift. Like to really get into the mind shift, into the mindset, and in like the mind shift where I'm walking around and I'm experiencing myself not as just like a body walking through this world, but as like this electric current of soul surging through me and of love surging through me. You know, and I'm sitting on the train and I'm not just sitting there, but I am literally filled with this divine breath, with this godly energy of love in my fingers and my toes and my nose and my hair and like every aspect of who I am and my story and where I'm going and where I'm coming from and all of it, you know? Like to actually get into that state where I'm actually feeling myself like that to the extent that now when I look at you, I see that you're like that too. <laughs> you know, it's it's a big deal, but it's also something that Altarba is saying is possible for a Benoni. So Lachaim to all of us kind of slowly but surely getting to this place, even for like one minute, you know, just tapping into that state while walking down the street, just let yourself get into that state of visualization of who am I right now? Who am I right now? And zoom out and just notice that there is a God in this world creating me exactly as I am 
in this moment with love, be'ahava, literally, and and I'm soul. And then just notice as you look around, like kind of, you can almost like see that light shining from inside of your own eyeballs. You know, like a lot of times we think of light as being reflected on my eyes, but I think that what the author is saying is that like, this light isn't only about what reflects to you. This light that now the author is telling us he wants us to go around seeing inside of other people, where is this light coming from? It's coming from inside of my own eyeballs. It's coming from my soul shining so brightly inside of me that it naturally shines out of my eyes onto you. So going forwards, um, you know, we just, first part of Sartanya where there is God in every single part of me. Parakam Bez is there is God in every single person, every single one of you, and not only in every single other person, but in every single part of every single other person. <laughs> and tomorrow, Paraklam and Gimel, we're going to start. There is also God in every single part of creation. So, Lachaim to shining light onto the world and onto other people from within our own eyeballs. <laughs> Good job,